0: Yeah, Uh, okay, I'm coming, oh shit, uh, your horror pack has arrived, (laughs) yeah, thanks, hello everyone, welcome to the unofficial horror pack podcast, my name is Jerry, and I am joined by the greatest person to live yesterday, Carly please. <laughs>
1: you know what I didn't
0: say today though. I was like yesterday.
1: Yeah, I was kind of like, "Huh. I don't know if that's a compliment or what's going on, but yeah, whatever.
0: I just <laughs> said it." Anyway, we are back once again with a new horror pack. We've got November's horror pack. So we're about to we're about to bust that out and go through it. Um uh, but before we do that, Carly, how you been?
1: I've been all right. I've been all right. You know, just working, watching movies, same old, same old school's been driving me crazy. Like just trying to get all my homework done and I want to watch movies, but I have responsibilities. But other than that, I'm surviving. How are you?
0: Um, I'm pretty good. You know, I can't complain, I guess. I'm getting ready for Christmas, buying presents and... Oh yeah, that too. All that jazz. Been watching a bunch of, uh, giallo horror films. Nice. So it's been pretty good. So um, I don't know if you saw this. Um, so, you know, I, t- I taught last time how, uh, there's the pop-up pack that horror pack does. Yes. So they just sent out an email that now is saying it's no longer a $5 membership per month. Membership is now free. So, which I mean, basically means, I guess you don't get that $5 free in shipping. So now there's less of a risk. Literally, there's no reason to not be signed up for Horror Pack or for mm-hmm. Pop-Up Pack because there's no membership, so you literally will just get an email that says, Pop-Up Pack's open for thrillers. Go check it out, and if you see some movies you want, go get them. Um, they did a um, sale for Black Friday where they did a bunch of like $3 and $4 Blu-rays, and I picked up a couple in there, mostly comedy. So I picked up like Zack and Mary Make a Porno and Easy A, plus like iRobot. Nice. So, I mean, they were, like, it cost me, like, less than $20, and I ended up picking up, like, four or five movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, $3, $3 or $4 for a Blu-ray, that's pretty good.
0: Exactly. So, guys, get up on Pop-Up Pack now that it's free. It's definitely worth checking out because even if a week goes by where you don't buy anything, you're not putting any money in. It's completely risk-free now. It's amazing. So, without further ado, let's get into November's Horror Pack. Over, yes. over o- Overall, I had not seen a single movie in this horror pack. H- had you seen any of these four before?
1: No, I hadn't. And, like, I did my unboxing video for YouTube. And, while, like, usually I do the unboxing and I feel very knowledgeable about at least, like, one or two of the films. But I felt like an idiot because I was pulling them out. And I was like, oh, don't know anything about this one. Uh don't know anything about this one. So, yeah, I had <laughs> never seen any of them.
0: Yeah, I, um... I had heard of two of them, and then, but I didn't know much about them. And then yeah. two of them, I had no idea. So, let's go into it. So, the first one we're going to take a look at is The Barber, starring Scott Glenn. I know nothing about this movie. You?
1: No, I didn't either. Um, There was another movie called The Barber, and at first I thought that's what it was. It has, like, Malcolm McDowell, which I've never seen that one either, but I was familiar with it. So, you know, um... I knew nothing about this movie. Um, uh, you know, I, I read the back of the cover before I put it on just to familiarize myself with it. And then I did end up watching it. Did
0: you watch it yet or anything? I did not. So let me read the synopsis and then we'll let you give you a review of it. All right. So he was seeking revenge. He found true evil. Eugene Van Win- Wingerd. Wingard. I don't know how to say that.
1: Is a small um, town barber <laughs>
0: hiding a dark secret? Twenty years earlier, he was arrested for several gruesome murders, but was released due to insufficient evidence. The detective in charge of the case killed himself in despair. Well, <laughs> now that is, the detective's son is in town, with a few secrets of his own, he is seeking revenge or hoping to learn. Or hoping to learn at the feet of the master. Through the film's myriad twists and turns, you'll realize there's much more to evil than you could imagine. Okay, oh I'm very interested in a review of this now.
1: Yeah, well, um yeah, that's a it's a pretty decent synopsis really. Um you got this guy, uh the it opens up with like some chick getting murdered and then you see like the dude um he gets off on the murders and things like that and then years later he's working as a barber and he's going by a fake name. I think the name I didn't really look it up, but it sounds like it's probably like a different, I forget what they call that, where you like take the letters out of the one name, rearrange them, and then make up a whole new name, but yes, yes, that's what it sounds like, I'm not sure I didn't research it or anything, but just when he like says his name, it sounds like that, so anyway, he's working as a barber, he um... He has, he's, like, really good friends with the sheriff, and the sheriff's kind of, like, really protective of the dude because people, like, figure out who he is, and he gets, like, a lot of shit for it. And then, you know, the detective's son who killed himself when the detective dude was a little boy, um, the, you know, the little boy's all grown up, so he comes to, he, um seeks out this guy, basically. He's kind of obsessed with the case. He's, like, researching where this man is now, and then he finds him at that barbershop, and then he's basically, like, begging him to teach him his murderous ways and things like that, and it's really interesting because, like, the barber dude kind of just takes him around and shows him techniques on how to, like, lure girls into cars and things like that, and it's just, like, really creepy because it seems very realistic and I can't really say too much more because there's a couple plot twists type deals going on in this movie and I don't want to really give them away so it's kind of hard to talk about but I thought it was a pretty good movie overall um it felt a little bit more like a crime type mystery film than a straight up horror film but it definitely has like the horror elements to it and uh yeah, I think I gave it a 7.5 out of 10.
0: Okay, it's a, it sounds kind of like um a different twist on that movie Mr. Brooks. I've never seen uh, that. Ashton Cushers in it, he meets someone who's a serial killer and ha- asks the guy to teach him how to do it. it was oh, right. well then, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, I'm, I'm pretty interested. I'll have to watch that. Um, the next movie, and this is actually the movie that I want to watch the most out of all these is would you rather Jeffrey Combs is in it who was in reanimator Sasha Gray is in it who uh Sasha Gray used to be a porn star now she's an actress and I from what I hear she's pretty good I have not watched a movie with it with her in it so yeah she was pretty good she was pretty good in it okay so you had seen you've seen would you rather also
1: yes I had not this than me I'm tr- I, like, I was, my goal was to watch all the movies. Um, you know, the next one we're going to talk about, I did not get to, but yeah, I figured I'd try to give them a watch just because for this particular episode, we clearly were clueless on all of them. So yeah. I just wanted to give us more to talk about, but yeah, I mean, uh, would you rather, it's also got Brittany snow in it. Um, I believe she's from like that awful prom night remake oh, and
0: Brittany snow. She's in pitch perfect.
1: Uh, yeah, that too. I'd never watched that, but um, yeah, she's um, she's like the main kind of character in this movie, and she's all right. I feel like she's not that great of an actress, but besides that, like I really enjoyed this film. Um, you know, the plot's basically like Brittany Snow's character. She's struggling because her brother has leukemia, and the parents are both dead she says something about an accident at the beginning you don't really hear exactly what happened but you assume the parents just died in a car accident and now she's kind of burdened with taking care of her brother and you know he's like actually dying he needs a bone marrow transplant she can't get a job like she applies places and isn't getting hired so um she finds this dude who's basically a bajillionaire and he's like hey you could do this just come to my house and I'll show you it's like a game we play where you can have a chance to win all this money to put yourself through school and get we would also get your uh brother like a donor and just like make all your dreams come true basically so she goes to this house and there's a bunch of other random people there like uh John Hurd's in this movie too and um Sasha Gray of course I think that's the only actors I'm familiar with and then um Just a bunch of other random people who also want the money or something for one reason or another. And their game is to play Would You Rather. And the Would You Rather game is basically just, like, a terrible game where it's, like, they have to say, like, Would you rather do terrible things to this person or terrible things to yourself? And then, basically, the winner is the last one living. So... It gets very dark very fast. Um, I thought it was a very fun movie overall. Um, Kind of, you know, very intense, very intense and suspenseful. Um, Jeffrey Combs does a great job. Uh, Sasha Gray, she doesn't really have a big part in this movie, but at the same time, I think she really sells it, the character she's playing. And, uh, yeah, and then it's got a pretty um, great ending. Not great, but, like, terrible ending, as in, like, you, you know, it's, like, a messed up type of ending Uh-oh. to it. So, um, overall, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. The only issue I had was kind of, like, with character development. You don't really find out why some people are at the house, and I kind of wanted to know more about other people's backstories, but overall, pretty good film.
0: Gotcha. I think in, I wouldn't I wouldn't go play that game. I would just either do porn or go into prostitution. To be honest, like, even if like I'm straight, even if I had to do like, like gay porn or something, I think I would just go do that instead of like, what looks like on the cover, someone getting a razor blade to their eyeball.
1: Well, the thing is, they don't know that this game's going to be fucked up. Before oh, they, they don't know.
0: Okay, they don't know. Yeah, they are liter-
1: they're literally just like kind of tricked into this. Well, you know. They're told it's a game, but they're not given the exact basis of it, and then they're kind of stuck doing it. So, you know, porn wasn't really an option.
0: No, well, fair enough. Um, well, well, when they get in there, are they locked in there?
1: Um, there's a bunch of dudes who basically have guns, and the doors are locked. So oh, they're okay. ki- they're kind
0: oh. of effed. Shit. Yeah. Okay, not much of a choice there. Yes. Yeah. So, our are. are Next movie is Maggie, which has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I heard about this coming out. I did not watch it, one, because I don't really care all that much about Arnold Schwarzenegger because I'm not a big action guy, and two, I'm i I'm not a big zombie guy. I like, um, and if I'm going to watch zombies, I don't like New Age infection zombies. I like, um, like Italian zombies, all dirty and stuff. Yeah. And, th- and this yeah. is the one you hadn't seen. You've not seen this one, right?
1: No, and I yeah I completely agree with you, like, where I don't like zombie movies, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, yeah, I'm not an action person either, and I don't know, I'm just not a big fan of the things he does, but, um yeah, uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch this movie, though, just because I'm weird about, I have to make sure I watch every movie in my collection, or else I just sit there and, like, OCD kicks in, and it's just crazy, so I'll definitely watch it probably, like, in a week or so, but, yeah, it was the last on my list,
0: really. Yeah, so a teenage girl becomes infected by an outbreak of a disease that slowly turns the exposed into the walking dead. During her transformation, her loving father stays by her side, burdened with protecting her from the outside world and protecting the outside world from her. It kind of sounds like the ending of Shaun of the Dead when he just had his buddy chained up in, in the shack out back and was playing PlayStation with him. I'm gonna be that person
1: and say I've never seen *Shaun of the Dead* either.
0: <laughs> wow, I don't like zombie movies, but sh- if you like horror comedies, it's literally one of the best horror comedies ever. Fantastic. I
1: hear like I hear so many mixed opinions on it. Like some people think it's so overrated, and some people think it's the best movie in the world. So like I definitely have to watch it, but you know,
0: it's it's definitely good. I like it. I can definitely see how people don't. If you don't like horror comedies, you're not gonna like it. If you don't like dry British humor, you're not gonna like it. But even well, even then, it 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 kind of dwells into some non-dry humor also. But for the most part, it's still dry humor. So I don't know if I'll ever watch Maggie. Maybe we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm just not a big zo- zombie infectious fan. But I don't know. You yeah. listeners out there, tell us. Maybe we sh- Maybe we need to watch it.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good, and that synopsis like it sounds better. Like it sounds like it would interest me a little more than other zombie films because it sounds kind of unique. But I don't know. I'll just have to see.
0: Yeah, it could be like um, how we got blindsided by the Morningside monster. Yeah, exactly. With this drama, so that that could happen. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of that, Bitter Feast is our exclusive. It's yes. from two thousand and ten. It is a horror pack limited edition. A food critic can dish it out, but can he take it? Revenge is on the menu for notorious blogger J.T. Franks when he publishes a rumor which leads to the demise of TV chef Peter Gray's culinary empire. Gray kidnaps a writer, confines him in a remote cabin, and presents him with a series of deceptively simple food challenges, pushing him for anything less than total perfection. Bitterfeast is a intense shocker served up with wicked wit, and savory flavor. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> that's a decent description, but the one thing I want to say is um, when he publishes a rumor which leads to the demise of TV chef Peter Gray's Culinary Empire, he doesn't publish a rumor. He publishes a bad review.
1: Yeah, it's just I, he's a critic.
0: Yeah, it's I guess what- you could say him claiming that... because. Uh, you find out that he claimed that they didn't use fresh things. They were using frozen things and claiming they were fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it could be considered a rumor, but not really.
1: Yeah, like the back, it kind of makes it sound like he put out that this guy was a child molester or something crazy like that and ruined his whole
0: career. But really,
1: it wasn't anything bizarre like that.
0: Like this dude jacks off in the food that you're eating. Don't eat it. Like it's nothing that crazy. It's literally just the writer's an asshole and he shits on everybody. Yeah. So before we get into the full review of Bitter Feast where there will be spoilers, I want to bring up something. I see all the time. When people criticize Horror Pack, they say, oh, it's just a bunch of $5 Blu-rays. It's just a bunch of bargain bin Blu-rays. All this. So I wanted to go look up on Amazon.com how much this Horror Pack would actually cost. And I've got results here to prove that the $25 shipped a month for Horror Pack. Does work. You get more than your twenty-five, and even you take out the five dollars shipping. If you just look at it for the twenty dollars, not including the five dollars shipping, you're making out. So here we go, Maggie. Ten dollars. Maggie is nine dollars and ninety-eight cents. I rounded up in this, rounded mm. up or down, but Maggie is ten dollars on Blu-ray. The barber is eleven forty-five, so I changed it to eleven dollars. Would you rather is thirteen dollars. That's $34, not including the exclusive. When you include the exclusive, keep in mind, you most likely will have to go to DVD. So I did. I went to what the DVD cost of Bitter Feast is, and it's $8. So that would bring it up to $42 plus shipping and handling. So let's say it's the same shipping and handling, $5. So you're looking at $45, $46, $47. You're looking at $47 shipped. (laughs) <laughs> for this if it's the same five dollar shipping we'll say it is Um, uh, which with taxes on amazon and shipping if you have prime then you're not really worried about the shipping but still that's a good breakdown so for yeah, everyone man. Who, who's complaining that it's oh five dollar bargain bin blu-rays i disagree most of them tend to be around ten dollars so you're you're looking at forty dollars worth of blu-rays for twenty bucks every month 25 with shipping that's fantastic Mm -hmm. so when i
1: first got the horror pack like i thought like uh i don't know if this is really a deal or not but i didn't really care back then but when you really think about it it yeah that definitely is you're making out big time
0: yeah so it'll be interesting as we go forward to keep looking at how much it would cost to get this and see if it stays around that price because i mean $35 $35 to $40 worth of Blu-rays for $25 is pretty good. I mean, I don't know how people are complaining about this. Yes, you can find these Blu-rays for 2 to $5, I'm sure, at like a pawn shop or something. But yeah. I'm looking at retail price. Because these are brand new. These are not used. They're all sealed. They don't send you used stuff. So I just wanted to bring that up. If you're going to hate on something, find a legit reason to hate on it. I don't consider that to be a legit reason. So, well said. Without further ado, Bitter Feast from 2010. So this movie started off with two kids fighting with swords. And Typical. I was like, did I put in the wrong movie? <laughs> because it's very poetic. This beginning, he's reading off something, which I don't know where he got this from. I want to know if it was written for the movie or if it was made... If it was something else that's just being recited again, like it's from a story or something, but it basically comes down to, the one of them is the destroyer, and one of them is the producer, and whoever would try to stop them is trying to destroy the world, so you're supposed to let them try to destroy each other, or some shit like that. I'm not 100% sure, because this movie, okay, this Blu-ray does not have subtitles, and that kind of bothers me. Yeah. I, I I want my movies to have subtitles, especially when I'm watching it like this, because there's certain times where, like this time, it would have been a lot easier to kind of see what they were talking about. But I can I can deal with it. So, then we go to this TV show um, called, that is not what it's called, I don't know why my notes say called, The Fester, with Peter <laughs> Gray. That is not the right word. Huh the feast maybe it is definitely feast it's called feast the feast with peter gray but for some reason my phone autocorrected to fester fair nice so you see peter gray who's a cook and he's got his sidekick um a lady named peg who's kind of making fun of him and making jokes and you can tell he's super serious Mm -hmm. and he doesn't like this they fight backstage about it how this is not what he wants to do. You'll learn really quickly that Peter gray is very meticulous. He's very, um, kind of stuck up and he wants everything to go his way. He sees himself as a, a food God basically. And you're all underneath him. Like one of the arguments they get in about is how he uses fresh food. And if you saw what they did in those gigantic factories, you wouldn't eat that processed food, which I, I don't, I'm not going to look at those factories. So I'm going to continue eating processed food because that's what I survive on. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. In fact, like, as you, you, I remember you messaging me and saying, as you watch this, it was making you very hungry.
1: Yes. And it, I, I go what's ahead. that? I was going to say, I,
0: it, it didn't make me hungry. This food is too nice. Like, oh, like, this is flayed rabbit with wild berries and something, something, a bunch of words I don't know. And I was just like, I know nothing about food.
1: See, I just look. I was just like looking visually at like big pieces of meat he was making, and I was just like, because I love steak, and I was just like, man, I wish I had steak right now. But of course, I just have a bunch of like microwavable dinners, so yeah, exactly. it kind of sucked.
0: <laughs> I, I can okay, I can get you on that. Um, I'm just not, I'm not a big fancy food kind of person, so it didn't really mm-hmm. get me. But yeah, watching it, I was just kind of like, man, I want something. I was just gonna eat Reese Puffs for dinner, but maybe. Maybe I'll go and see about getting something proper for dinner now. Yeah, treat yourself a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So his uh, producer or director, I don't know, tells him that the ratings are going down, but Peter doesn't care about the ratings. And they get into a fight, and he says the show might not get renewed. He then goes to his restaurant where he talks to a guy named Gordon, who I guess owns the restaurant, runs it. And they talk about this guy, J.T. Franks, who's a flu- food blogger who is pretty much shit on everybody's food, even his. And mm. they're, they're going to bring someone else in. Now, this guy who plays Gordon is actually a famous chef named Mario Batali. And I only know this because he was just on a YouTube show I watched called Hot Ones. where you oh, eat, wow. They have you eat really hot wings and you have to answer questions. You get interviewed while you're eating hot wings. It's a fantastic YouTube show. Everyone should check out Hot Ones, because it's 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 great. Um, and he's famous because for the longest time he only wore Crocs for some reason. He is now on the on the newest Hot Ones. He he did tell everyone that he has changed to um, wearing Jordans or something now or Yeezys. I don't know. I don't know anything that's, about shoes. That's inspiring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Peter basically gets fired from his restaurant. We find out he's everyone thinks he's super pretentious, and uh, I'm sorry, but the way Peter looks, he looks like a serial killer.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the, w- weird enough, it's the dude who plays in Phantasm Two as the Mike character, the good old Mike replacement actor, and you know he I, he looks so normal in that, and you see him in this, and I feel like it's like glasses man, and like the beard, like. You can just make yourself look terrifying just by those small little factors.
0: Yeah, he basically started dressing like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. What it looks like. Mm-hmm. So that's our setup. We find out that Peter is basically he's losing his show. He's losing his restaurant. He he's everyone thinks he's super pretentious. And no one cares about this whole cooking with fresh and local stuff. No one cares about any of that. And we see We then go, I guess the next thing we need to set up is we go and take a look at JT, um, what was his stupid last name? Franks. Franks. I, the the name, the name's not stupid. It just pisses me off because every time I type in Franks, it always wants to put the apostrophe in there to, to make it a possessive. I hate that so much. And it, and like, I just stopped, I stopped correcting it. So, (laughs) JT Franks is basically a guy who is bitter at the world, hates everything, and writes, uh, Shitty blogs where he shits on people. He he is a hater. He is the definition of a hater. That's how I picture all critics being just like miserable in real life. Yeah, like, I mean, technically we're critics because we're, you know, we're critiquing movies, but we... And try... I am miserable, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we, suicide is a daily, daily battle. Uh, yes. But basically, the difference between us and him is he purposely just shits on everyone, does not try to find anything good. We try to find the good. Mm-hmm. why would I want to waste my life just being negative? If there's negative things, I'm going to point it out. If there's positive things, I'm going to point it out. And I want to find the positives in this whole sea of negative that we live in. Exactly. And this movie is a prime example of there are way more positives than negatives for this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie surprised me because it's such a a, ba- a battle of different characters. You At first, you feel so bad for Peter Gray. You're just like, this dude is losing everything, and all he wants to do is make good, proper food the way he wants it to be made. He doesn't want it to be a joke. He wants it to be on the level. Yeah, and, like I— Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, like, I fe- I did feel bad, like, your, that cooking show. It's just, like, the whole show is— just a comedy act. Basically. It's not like a professional cooking show. You got this girl just making a fool of him and it's funny. But at the same time, you're just like, Oh, this poor dude thought he was going to be like this great chef. And here he is.
0: Yeah. And then the chick also, she looks like a grown-up discounted version of, uh, Topanga, Topanga, whatever her name is from Boy Meets World. (laughs) Topanga. Yeah. Topanga. Yeah. She looks like that. I almost, I should have looked it up and see if it was her, but no, but I mean, she was a fine actress. Like she did like, her playing her as an actress, playing the role of another person who has to be on a show like that. She did perfect. And mm. so did he like her jokes and the way he acted was actually really cringy at times. Oh in yeah. The best ways. Like it was meant to be like that. And they played it, they played it swell, but yeah, you really kind of feel for this character. Cause you kind of get the sense that he's the little boy in the first uh, clip that's getting beat up. You can kind of tell he's a little nerdy. you know. I I mean, obviously, he's so addicted to everything being so precise and meticulous. But then you go to JT, and you're like, he's kind of a dick to his wife. He's a dick to everybody. He's a dick to that chick that's uh, taking or not taking his orders. She comes up when he's eating. He's like, is there anything else? And he's like, I would like joy. A dish, a bowl, whole trough of joy. And it's like, wow, dude, you're a... You're a fucking dick. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you go to him and his wife and he almost looks like he's half a second away from slapping her because she's basically like trying to be loving and trying to be nice to him and he's basically a douche. But then you find out that they had a child who died of cancer and obviously that is probably the thing that set him off. You find out that he was writing a book or going to write a book and he just stopped And now he just, right, he's just a dick to everybody and things he wants. And his wife's like, you know what, I'm done. Let's just start over. Let's just start over. Tell me right now, do you want to have a kid or not? Let's just start over. And his reply was devastating. He basically said, there was a moment when you were packing your bags that if you left and never came back, it would be the exact same as if you came back. Yeah, that was cold. I was... That hurt my heart a little bit. Like, that's worse than saying, I don't give a shit if you never come back. Fuck off. It's worse yeah. saying, it doesn't matter to me in my life. Come back or not, it does not matter. I am Just apathy is a cold body, and that is me. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the death of his child to uh, leukemia destroyed him. So, and at this point, you're kind of like, uh, he's still a dick. He, he is a dick, but there's a part of me that's like, but i understand now like he he's very upset with his life because his his child died. Yeah. So you kind of get it. He leaves his house and then bam, he gets whacked in the face. I'm guessing I'm I'm saying it's a frying pan because it's about cooking. I don't know what he got whacked in the face with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, but that's a good assumption.
0: Yeah. So now we get into the meat of the of the movie which hey. is yeah. there you go, which is Franks versus Peter. And this is where you get, it is awesome. While there are times in this movie where I wish it would quicken the pace a little bit, it does build the tension. It does make you really start seeing how crazy Peter is. Because as you go through this whole process, Peter just gets crazier and crazier. Every time he opens his mouth, it's something crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. But I it's, like
1: how he kind of, um, like, the dude will, like, talk to him, and he just completely doesn't reply to this guy at all or acknowledge him. He just keeps saying what he wants to say, the Peter character does. And
0: I'm just like, uh, that's fucked up. Oh, yeah, he's just, like, telling him the rules of the water, and the guy's, like, yeah. just, like talking shit, and he's just completely ignoring it. Like, mm-hmm. It happens the so whole controlled.
1: movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, he is calm and controlling this entire time. He, it's, it's actually really frightening. Um, and then you, so basically there's what three food challenges that happen. Yeah. So besides the water, I don't really consider the water one. Cause he says the water is him teaching him the rules. Mm-hmm. He wants him to understand that there are rules. Phase one, respect the rules. And that basically is him telling him, we're going to go down to the stream. You're going to get a bucket of water and you're not going to drink the water until we get back. He goes down there, gets the water on the way back, though. He sits down and tries to sneak some water. All Peter hits him with the, with his rifle and all the water gets knocked over and spilled. And he doesn't get any water and he gets tied to a tree with a chain and just left to sleep outside all night. Which, Which it suck. Oh, it does suck. Because think about one, you're in New York and two, yeah. you see Peter all the time with a jacket.
1: Yes. Like, and I'm a, I'm a cold person all the time. Like I am always freezing. So I just picture like, I know how like you're outside and it just gets more and more cold. And I was just thinking like,
0: man, that is torture. Yes. So phase two, we go back to the basement and phase two is learning empathy. As a critic, you have no emotional connection to your work. Now, I thought this was interesting because as we look at serial killers, a lot of times they talk about people lacking empathy. Mm-hmm. And we later find out uh, during uh, test number two, when he's doing the stakes, that he Peter killed his brother. He stabbed him in the neck, which, I mean, technically it looked like it was self-defense. So yeah. that's whatever. And it's like, okay... And I remember watching, I'm like, they better explain what happens with this legally. Like, you can't, I hate when movies, like, do something crazy and then there's no, like, real world repercussions legality to it. And yeah, they, me too. They, they, they kind of do. They, they, he goes, basically, I buried my brother and no one found him. And there's a part of me that goes, what are you, like, eight? You buried, you, like, you're, like, eight and you buried your brother, you dug a hole, buried your brother, and no one found him?
1: I just think, like, and the kid's, like, covered in his brother's blood. And, like, I just feel like people would be suspicious of this kid, even though he is eight. I don't know. It just seems, I'm thinking, I want to know what happened in his home life after his brother
0: disappeared. Yeah, I really want to know also. Like, there's a, like, that's crazy. And to think that he did that and then he's trying to teach someone empathy is very, very interesting. This is a very... Like, I give it up to the writer, who is also a director. That is actually really deep and really clever, and it really got my brain thinking about how, how... Because the whole time, Peter looks like he has... When he's cooking, he looks like a robot. He doesn't Mm -hmm. look joy. But when he eats, that's when you really see him go, oh, this is so good. Yeah. So it's very interesting. So back to this first challenge. He basically goes, you wrote a shitty review about a breakfast place... Uh, called the over easy. So you said that they did not know how to make over easy eggs Well, you're gonna make over easy eggs and they have to be to perfection if you break the yolk you're not eating so he of course starts cooking it and he's doing it with his hands tied and he breaks the yolk and Peter's like you're not gonna eat well He goes and just grabs the food anyway to try to eat it and Peter grabs the frying pan that it was just on heat and slaps him in the face with it. Brutal. Oh, dude. That, and throughout the movie, they did a really good job of keeping up with how much damage he's taking to the face. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about it is almost all the damage is on one side of the face. Which really shows the mm-hmm. duality of it. hmm Which I thought was interesting. And I'm sure there's some kind of, like, small psychological thing in there where this is representing some kind of, like, duality of each character. Because both of them, like, you're starting to slowly go, yeah, that dude's a dick, he deserves it, To Whoa, whoa, you need, Peter, you need to chill out. You're coming a little crazy. I was on your side earlier, and now I'm not. And you're flipping the game. It, like, like you're seeing a whole nother side to each other's face.
1: My thing is, like, this whole just thing like this whole revenge story is just seems so bizarre like compared to other revenge stories it's just so weird it's like this guy's on a cooking show and he got a bad review and now he is torturing the guy who gave him a bad review like when you actually think about it it just seems very weird and it's almost like even though that jt guy is like a dick i'm almost thinking like oh man he really he really didn't deserve this much to begin with to be like kidnapped and stuff like that so I don't know. It's just—it's just really a bizarre story when I like wrap my head around it.
0: Yeah, especially when you break. If you just say, "Dude writes a shitty review of another person, and that person then kidnaps him," like, but mm-hmm. obviously, obviously, he blames Frank's for ruining his career, right? Which right. he didn't ruin his career. Uh, Peter kind of ruined his own career by not being able to adapt to what. The landscape needed for his show. And everything is built around the popularity of his show. Yeah, he he's did too it. set in his ways in particular. Correct. He did it to himself and now he's blaming Frank. Mm-hmm. So, it's whatever. We get an, an introduction to a new character. A private investigator named Cooley. I think that was his name. I'm pretty sure it was Cooley.
1: I just kept uh, calling him
0: P.I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my notes, he was just P.I. Um... <laughs> And here we, we we just get, like, a kind of introduction and kind of see that the private eye is like, well, I mean, you might have something against him. He called your venison burger a visectomy scar. Mm-hmm. So you might be a little pissed. We go back to another scene that kind of irritates me that there's no subtitles here. Frank's wife is on the TV talking, and I can't tell half of what she's saying because it's so much lower than the what else is going on, the cooking and the soundtrack. But basically... Yeah, like,
1: it's like, well, things like that, it's like you're not... You might not be supposed to hear it completely, but at the same time, it was almost loud enough to where you feel like you should be hearing it, but I agree, I couldn't hear anything she said either.
0: Yes, yeah, so that that was the other thing. Is, so, I guess that scene is not about what she's saying, it's about the fact that he's seeing her, mm-hmm. knows, he has, she, he's married knows that people are looking for him, and he's got to make sure he does everything good, especially with this uh, private investigator following him. Right. So we go into our second thing, and it's him grilling steak. And I I know Carly's drooling at the mouth thinking about the steak again. Oh, yes. They review another (laughs) place called um, Black and Blue and how he basically, JT basically says, no one can cook a medium rare. Why can none of you idiots do it? Three minutes cooking, flip it over, three and a half more minutes Flip, repeat, a monkey can do it. And then uh, Peter says a funny line saying, calling all monkeys. And he goes, (laughs) if you can cook it to medium rare, you can eat it. So he goes to start cooking it. And while he's cooking it, Peter tells the story of his older brother, Johnny, and how he was a cruel kid. And that he basically killed his brother and buried his brother. Which is terrifying
1: because that's when you really see how messed up this guy is. You can just see like the fear in
0: JT's eyes. He's just like, oh my God, like this this dude's whack. The scariest part about it is he went his whole life never, as far as we know, never killing another person. Yeah, never snapping, just being a normal dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His life's going good. I mean, obviously, he put hard work into his life. He became a very famous chef. Yeah. Or or at least semi famous. And then when it all came crashing down, he kind of put his anger towards a blogger which who doesn't want to put their anger towards a blogger every once in a while exactly (laughs) yeah so he of course fucks up the steak steak is overcooked he throws it out there he goes over to say something to frank and frank bites a piece of flesh off of his hand which never comes into play i there's i actually have to say this there's a few times where really small things I took notes on because I thought they were going to come into play, and they never they never truly do. Mm-hmm. But they work so... Like, you think it's going to be the one piece of evidence that gives the private investigator the hint. Because the private investigator sees the hand bite and goes, Oh, what happened? He's like, Oh, I burned my hand. Oh, yeah, what'd you burn your hand on? Cheese souffle. And then when he actually goes, when the investigator follows him and goes to his house, mm-hmm. it, like... And he's walking around in the dude's house. He finds cheese souffle. And then eats it. <laughs> and then he and then takes a bite. And he's like, oh, it is good. Yeah. Then he leaves his straw on the counter. And that never play That never, and they show the straw, that never plays a thing. You think that, you know, because when, when the scene first started and Peter left, I was like, oh, don't do it, Private Investigator Cooley. He is tricking you, 100%. Mm-hmm. And technically, they don't really reveal whether he was tricking him or not. I'm still sticking with he he was, he saw him following him. Um, and I say this because there's a scene when they are riding down the interstate. He clearly looks up into, well, he doesn't look up, but the camera shows the rear view mirror and that the car is right behind him. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking that is as the hint that he knows.
1: Yeah. But
0: the cream cheese souffle. Does not turn out to be anything. He doesn't get caught in a lie or anything like that. The straw on the counter, nothing happens.
1: Yeah, it's kind of just like suspense, but then it just drops. Nothing major. Like, there's like, you know, like the hand thing. Like, okay, the detective saw it and it led to that like tense scene of, oh, I burnt it cooking. Then he's like, how was the supply? And he's like, delicious. And then all that. So like, that's kind of eerie. But other than that, it's just like kind of ends
0: yeah nothing ever comes out of it and normally I would be like oh my god they wasted all this time all this nothing ever happens but I don't I actually don't feel like it's a waste it's, it's not it was kind of cool because at the time I was like oh they're not doing some big like Hollywood trick reveal it's mm-hmm. 100% just normal conversations throughout this whole this is an extraordinary situation this whole thing but it feels so normal Everything just feels regular and feels normal, which makes it feel pretty realistic, honestly. Yeah, I agree. The the tension's pretty good and you know, the PI, the whole time the PI is going through the house, you're waiting to see if you're going to see like a shot of Peter behind him or something. And mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. He finally goes down into the basement, finds Franks. D- d- has to go back out to grab the axe and then bam you hear the sound and you're like oh he's dead he got hit with the axe because the axe was gone and then he kind of walks back down and then falls over in front of Frank so Frank knows that this dude's dead with the axe standing in his back because at first I was like oh kill off screen come on but technically Mm -hmm. he died on screen I thought it was really the gore
1: Mm -hmm. I thought it was really creepy actually when he like walks back in there because you could tell like he's about to be dead (laughs) and like just the way he walks, like you could just see like that wobbly way and then he just collapses. And then the um Peter comes down and his eyes are just huge. And he's like, he's dead. He's dead. And then, you know, it's just like really creepy to me.
0: Yeah. And that's the other creepy thing is when uh Peter comes down there to tell him he's dead. He's almost like telling him like he's dead and it's your fault. Yeah. He's like, like it's,
1: yeah, he just almost seems, like, scared that this guy's dead or something, even though he's the one who clearly killed
0: him. It's just very bizarre and, like, eerie feeling. Yeah, because, like, it'll, it it kind of makes you think, well, Peter isn't a person who just goes around and kills people. He doesn't do that. He killed his brother because it was technically self-defense, mm-hmm. and he's, he's doing all this to you. Technically, he hasn't killed you, but he's doing it all to you because you're a shitty person who does shitty writings to people and he finds that i guess disgusting or or something not worth living for Mm -hmm. at minimum so and i do like the fact that he took the the private investigator's gun like that kind of shows how like thoughtful and and prepared he is for things so he he points the gun peter points the gun at frank and Frank has had it, and he's just sitting there calling him a or basically telling him to do it. But Peter keeps his cool, and he goes out hunting and catches a rabbit and picks berries, and he makes another dinner. Brings in two plates, and uh, he then reads the feast review. Well, he doesn't read it. He has it memorized. And in that review, Frank said that is basically the review where he said, you're not using fresh food. You're using frozen food. You're not tricking me. Mm-hmm. So one plate has the poison called nightshade. And there's enough in there's enough there that if you just take one bite, it will not kill you. So one plate has the real fresh berries and one plate does not. The one that does not, that's using like frozen berries, has the nightshade. If you are so good that you can tell I wasn't using fresh berries that you're claiming at my restaurant, go ahead take a bite of each, and then whichever one you think is the real one, you can eat the whole plate. I, The cooking scene with the egg was super tense. Mm-hmm. The cooking of the steak was so creepy hearing this backstory. But this dinner scene where Peter just kicks back and just watches him eat is is suspenseful it's creepy it is tense Uh, this is a not since the death note anime has eating something been so tense i don't know if you've seen the anime death note no i haven't in the anime there's a scene where light hides a tiny tv inside a bag of chips uh, and while he's watching that to get the news of, of criminals so he can write it in the death notes so they die he slowly goes in there and takes a chip and while he's doing it, he has a monologue and he's like you'll never know anything cause I'll take a chip and I'll eat it and it's like super just like intense and kind of funny <laughs> and it, it it doesn't really work as well but here it works yeah Who this- go, go ahead that oh uh, man <laughs>
1: This kind of made me think of, like, um, what's the movie? Curse of Chucky, when they're all eating the chili, and you're just wondering what what chili has, like, the poison in it. That's kind of what this is, but it's a little more intense at this um, in this situation because, and you figure, like, the guy eating the food, it's almost like he's to the point where who even cares if it's poison? I'd rather die. So it's just, like, you don't know if he's gonna know which one is which or if he's gonna know which one is the poison and he's gonna eat it on purpose just to die or what's gonna happen it, it's it's great
0: yeah I actually had that question myself I wrote down in my notes that even if there is poison I don't think he would care at this point he's obviously showed like he doesn't care he's willing to die he he already yelled at him to, to shoot him in the head anyway yeah so there is that thing I don't know if he chose the right one If he chose, well, he chooses wrong people. He chooses the one with poison, and we also don't know if this is like a a case like in the Princess Bride where both drinks are poisoned. You know, we don't Mm. actually know. Maybe both these plates are poison. Yeah, and there is, and you're right. There is a question: is did he choose the right one, or did he choose the wrong one? And if he in he chooses the wrong one, did he do it on purpose? Is he just like done? I want to die. Mm-hmm. because there's that scene after he does it, and he's, and he's kind of dying, and then he gives like what he thinks is going to be his last review of the food, where he's also completely brutal. Uh, I love guy, it. Yes. Oh, man. He's, he's like, just,
1: laughing. He's, like, <laughs> pasta overcooked.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. It was just, so funny. Um, and then Peter goes up and is like, I've got the antidote. Did you think I was going to let you off that easy? And that's where it made me go, oh, shit, did he... Either A did he poison both or did he go just in case this dude chooses wrong I'm going to have it and then that makes me wonder did Frank choose wrong on purpose Mhm No clue He don't yeah. he obviously doesn't care about his life but Frank also gets stabbed in the hand which is just kind of a jerk thing for Peter to do to be honest Mhm So we go we go back to Frank's apartment where we see the wife she calls Cooley gets no answer She takes a bath, and I was sitting there the whole time when she's standing in front of the the bathroom mirror, and she opens it and closes it. I was like, alright, here we go. Cliche. As soon as you close it, he's gonna appear right behind you kind of thing.
1: You know what's so funny is, like, it seems like nowadays, there's so many of those mirror scenes where, like, nothing happens when they um, shut the mirror again. It's almost like... They're like thinking, okay, we're not going to have the guy standing behind them and it's going to be original. But like at this point, like that, that has even happened so many times. It's not original either. So I just think it's funny. Like I was expecting him not to be there because I knew they were probably going to just be playing that game.
0: (laughs) To avoid (laughs) the cliche, it has become cliche.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So, but they do, but they do do the, he's behind the door thing. True. So she goes into her room. And he's behind the door. And I was actually taking a note when I was watching it at this point. And so when I look back up, it goes to black. And I'm like, wait, what did I miss? And then she's, she's you know, sitting in the basement tied up. I actually had to rewind it to see that he was behind the door. Mm-hmm. I, and like
1: that whole scene is like intense because she's like naked in a towel walking around her house trying to find where this if there's anyone in there. And I always hate that. I'm just like, at least put some clothes on. So when the person kidnaps you, at least you're not naked. Like, I always hate that in movies. I'm like, yeah. you think there's someone in your house and you're going around investigating without, with a towel
0: on. Yeah. It's, well, it's kind of like uh, there was a big thing in the eighties with movies where like when they were in the toilet and they heard a noise and they're, they're sitting on the toilet. So they're obviously doing something that should involve wiping. They never wipe. They just get up, <laughs> pull up their pants and go. oh my god guys come on i don't care if i'm dying or not i'm wiping get out of here um Uh. and so and and it's the same thing here i agree but also like i think it works with this just because it shows i think it's meant to show vulnerability because you gotta think about it. if you're sitting in the bathtub naked Mm -hmm. and you hear noises oh that that's worse that, that's so bad because you got you got do you want to take time to put on clothes or not
1: yeah because I, something know, I could go
0: down right here
1: I could totally understand because I'll be sitting in my bathtub and then my cat will make a noise and I'm just like well I could either just sit here and let the person who's probably in my house kill me or I don't know like
0: so I, oh. I can relate yeah do you want to die naked or not like here's it because if you mm-hmm. die naked, he, like, obviously, the whole world's not going to see you, but they're going to take pictures of your body. Yeah. All the police detectives and all of them are going to see you naked. So, like, it's like, oh, man, it's, like, that's such an awkward thing. At least if you put a towel around yourself, you might look out and they don't, like, do anything sexual to you, so you get to keep your towel. Maybe <laughs> it's just a robbery that's going to go wrong. I like how True. that's my that's my goat. That's my It's not that bad. You might just die from a robbery. <laughs> it's a robbery that goes wrong. Yeah, people might not see your dead naked body. There you go. We got very off topic with this, wow. Yeah, that happens. So yeah. Um Okay. So now she's tied up down there and Peter is now super flipping out. And it turns out this just turned into the most dangerous game which if you don't know the most dangerous game is it's about a guy who brings people to his island so that he can hunt them it's basically the same plot as John lewis comedy classic the pest
1: dude every single every single title you've named today I haven't even seen like the movie so I feel like an idiot because I'm just like uh well it you you have to
0: know like the most dangerous game you have to know that right uh, that, 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 sure yeah that's the one with Well, you've seen. Have you seen David Fincher's Zodiac? Oh my God, no! Oh my God, who are you? I know.
1: Well, Everybody hates me because I don't know movies. Because I rewatched a lot of movies growing up, but I would never like expand. So, like, I know like a lot about like some stupid movie, but I don't know a bunch of
0: movies. It's. I don't know if it speaks to your credit or not. But it's hilarious, you know who, who the actor who replaces Mike from Phantasm Two is, <laughs> but you don't know The Most Dangerous Game, a literary classic. Like it's very interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Fair enough. So, The Most Dangerous Game is 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 a story about a guy who brings people to his island so he can hunt them because man is the most dangerous game. It's the most dangerous prey. So, he sets him loose to so that he can stalk and kill him. And while that's happening, the wife finds a bit of broken glass on the floor. She uses that to cut her ropes. We go back to Frank running. And technically, I don't know if... I didn't notice this. I only saw it because it was on IMDb. Apparently, the shots where Frank's is running downstream or upstream changes. Sometimes yeah. it's uptre- upstream. Sometimes it's downstream. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice it either, but apparently someone really pays attention to where the water flows. What mm-hmm. direction? I didn't notice it. I don't care. Yeah. But Frank is taking a seat, trying to chill, catch his breath, but he ends up coughing right as as Peter is there. So he goes running. Peter ends up shooting him, he, but he gets back up and runs. At this point, the wife has gotten up, and she's walking around the house. Now, I got a question for you, Carly. Okay. In her situation, you've untied yourself. Yes. What is the what are you what in that situation? What would you do? Where do you go?
1: I've untied myself. I would probably, I mean, do. There was was there an opening to the basement itself, or did it just go up the stairs? There's two
0: openings. There's one that goes into the house, and one that goes to the outside of the house. Now we know that the one that is outside. Has a lock because the guy didn't oh, break okay. the lock; he broke the chain. There's a chance that could still be locked, but she would have no knowledge of that. She probably doesn't even realize there are two exits.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you that probably makes... don't know. So, yeah,
0: and I I would assume it'd be safer to assume that, that there's one that leads into the house. Hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. In that situation, I mean, I would probably obviously go up to the house and then. I, I don't know. I feel like I understand she like wants to call the cops because she maybe is afraid. She doesn't know where the guy is. If he's, he could be right outside the door he could be in the house or whatever. But like, I don't know. I feel like I would probably just bolt out the door and just start running. Um, I wouldn't bother with the car because I don't know. In all these movies, people assume that people leave their car keys in the car and they think they're just going to escape and it does not work like that. So I, I would probably just like, I don't know, just run for it. I know it's like the middle of the woods, but I wouldn't waste any time in the house trying to call the cops, even though that would, because I don't even know where I am at that point. So it's kind of like, you know, it would take a long time for the police to even find me. So I think my instinct would be to run, but who knows?
0: I'd be close to you. The one difference I would do is I would go to the kitchen and grab a knife.
1: Yeah, okay. A hammer, yeah.
0: a mouse I'm mm-hmm. getting some kind of weapon. That's that would be my go to. Now, obviously we're not in the situation. We don't know what we would do because we'd be panicking and crying. Yeah, and I always
1: have... I always think I'm a genius and I always see these movies and pick them apart. And I'm just like that person was so stupid, but like in real life, I'm sure I would probably cower in a corner and die.
0: But you know. Yeah, I'd cry like a little bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. get out of here. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, she does call the cops, but you're right. She has no information. She there's a chance she doesn't even know who Peter Gray is or what he looks like. Yeah, true. So she, I didn't. She can't even that. be like, I'm at Peter Gray's house. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um. So she runs out, and Frank runs into her, and he tries to calm her down, which takes what I feel like is forever. I'm just sitting here like, stop screaming. I He's know. He's gonna find where you're at. Mm-hmm. And they do the dumb thing of going to the truck. to See, if the truck has keys. Even checks like above the 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 what is that called? The flap up there. What is that even called? What's the name for that?
1: Would it be like? I think I just call it like the visor because like oh you put
0: visor it, yeah that I would think
1: be. yeah I guess that's what you would call it.
0: Yeah. So they go back in. They find the keys. Um. They get into the car. They start driving away. And I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna make it. Nope. Shot to the head hmm that's it frank is done he gets shot blown up she runs out he takes another shot at her you know he's talked how he's killed deer so we know he's a good shot and he is and he goes up to her and he says something that i find super creepy oh dear i am the destroyer mm-hmm. that just made me go like back to him and his brother and like yes it was in self-defense but at that time, is that the point that made that that made him the destroyer, and he mm-hmm. just never realized it until now?
1: Yeah, it's very chilling and like psychological.
0: Yes. So now, here's the thing: she ends up stabbing him in the neck with a stick, so he dies kind of the same way he killed his brother. Did you like that ending?
1: Um, I actually. Did because I just thought it was like a cool little like, you know, call back to like what happened when he was younger. And um the only I didn't realize that was a stick that she grabbed at first. I was kinda like, what the hell object did she have in her hand? So um at first I was
0: kinda like, Well what the
1: heck? But I don't know. I overall I liked it.
0: Yeah. So I I think it's a fine ending it's very poetic and all. But I would like to Personally, I think I would have changed it, but I like darker endings, so I would have... Like, this was a pretty dark ending. Like, there's yeah. a chance she die, she bleeds out and dies. We have mm-hmm. no clue. No one knows that she's out there. Um, But I would have enjoyed it had she had died and the movie had ended on him, like, being... Like, Peter winning, being alive, and everything. Like, I that would have been such a cool, dark ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and I could also go with the get out ending where, you know, the cop shows up at the the very end or or the cops show up at his house. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There would have had to be more information like her saying I'm at Peter Gray's house or something like that, that they would have had to insert it earlier in the movie, which I don't think they would have been able to. So that ending is less likely, but I would have enjoyed it if they would have went super dark, but I do like the ending. It is dark. It is poetic. It's maybe just a little too on the nose.
1: Yeah. It's super like abrupt. And sometimes I don't like those endings just because I want to know what happened afterwards. But like for this one in particular, I kind of just like it because oh, just of the fact that she killed him the same way that he killed his brother. I just thought that was kind of cool, but yeah, like I could see what you're saying. Like, and, like I said I don't always like the abrupt endings cuz I'm just like, well, did she get away or did, you know, what happened? She's in the middle of the
0: woods. Like what what happened to her? Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming she bleeds to death. She bleeds out.
1: Yeah, honestly. that's a, like it's a creepy location. It seems like there's just so much woods and like there's nothing around at all for like miles and miles.
0: Exactly. It's it's the whole movie to me has really good atmosphere because it's always this mix of suspense and awkwardness Mm. that plays out really well and like i said the duality of the characters and how your perspective changes halfway through the movie is amazing i gotta say this is this is super well written super well directed super well acted i really really like this i'm i'm coming i'm coming at an an eight for bitter feast. I like on the independent film market, I would give it an eight. It's like right under the scarehouse for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree. I really enjoyed it. I thought the acting was just great. Like, um, the Peter, just Peter and JT, they both did great in their roles. I just love how Peter keeps that calmness, even like right up towards the end. He still got this just calm vibe to him, even though he's, he's at the same time he's going slowly more into madness, but you still just feel like he can still hold a normal conversation on the, with the outside world. And that's just like really creepy to me. It seems realistic where, you know, you always hear those stories where like some dude kidnapped a girl for three years and kept her in the attic and no one knew because he's like normal on the outside. So it's definitely very realistic. Um, like you said, I like how JT. You could just see how he's been beaten up, and um, both physically and mentally. I think all the actors do a good job. My only like small complaint is, like you said earlier, the pacing. I almost feel like it could have been cut down a little bit. It's like 104 minutes, which isn't horribly long, but at the same time, I like some parts dragged just a tiny bit for me. But overall, I thought it was pretty well done, and I also give it an eight out of ten.
0: Very nice. So, before we get out of here, we need to kind of rate this horror pack. So, uh Bitter Feast gets a thumbs up from me. Me too. Okay. The Barber, I've never seen, but after your review of it, I would I'm giving it a thumbs up. I want to see it.
1: Yeah, I give it a thumbs up as well. That one's probably one that I wouldn't really re- rewatch a lot, but like I thought it was pretty solid, so thumbs up on that one too.
0: Okay. Would You Rather, definitely a thumbs up. I, Jeffrey Combs is in it. Sasha Gray is in it. And from your, once again, your review, I would watch this. This sounds really good because w- once you ruin my porn theory, I, <laughs> I would not have no, no other thing I could do but do it. So thumbs up on Would You Rather.
1: Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy that one. And it's definitely got rewatchability. So thumbs up on that one. Then, of course, we have Maggie, which I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't... I don't either I don't like I'm gonna give a thumbs down just because I have zero interest in it Though technic. I don't know if I almost want to give it a thumb sideways just because but I'm gonna give it a thumbs down Because I honestly have no intentions of watching it
1: I'm gonna give it a sideways just because I know I will watch it sooner or later and um, like I said earlier the plot behind it seems a little more unique than your typical zombie film. It sounds like it will be a little more dramatic and I have heard good things about it. So right now I'm out of sideways. It's subject to go up or down. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. So that leaves us with a, a pretty positive horror pack. That's at minimum. We gave three of the four movies, a thumbs up, both of us. So that's, that's at minimum. And then you gave a sideways and I gave it down. So that's like what an 80%? rating 85% rating yeah it's a pretty good horror pack
1: Mm -hmm. and I was I was nervous about this horror pack honestly just because I hadn't seen any of the movies but then again like I want to get movies I haven't seen because it's cool to get movies I wouldn't necessarily pick up and yeah I mean so far I've like three out of four of them
0: yeah exactly like we always go back to people are always wanting like these big name known movies in the horror pack yeah and it's like well I understand that but one of the reasons, like we do horror pack, is we want that mystery. And if it's if I'm opening the mystery and I'm getting that like big name hitter every single time, that's cool and all. But it doesn't. It's not opening me up to newer movies that I've never even heard of. Because I've never even heard of Bitter Feast. I would have never watched Bitter Feast or the Scare House or Morningside Monster had it not been for Horror Pack
1: hmm exactly and then like you know like i said before i like the movie joyride a lot so i was thrilled to get that on blu-ray but at the same time i've seen it a million times so you know i don't want to get that in every single pack
0: i get i want to mix it up a little bit i agree so shout out to everyone working at horror pack we are we, we're, we're still loving it i pointed out in this episode how good of a deal it is it's 35 to 45 dollars shipped worth of worth of movies you can, for 25 you can't beat that you mm-hmm. really can't so yeah. if you like to gamble or if you're like me and you used to open up uh booster packs from trading card games and you want that mystery back in your life and you want more movies at the same time do horror pack they've got D- they've got DVDs also if you don't if you're not a blue ray fan if you want to do DVDs They got your back also. We do Blu-rays because we're hip and cool and we're new. Um, You can also check out Carly's opening and get her surprise reaction. I didn't do it. I need to get back into doing it. But she did it, so you can check that out. Carly, what's your YouTube channel?
1: Carly317. It is just C-A-R-L-Y-317. Simple enough. So, yeah, check it out if you want, guys. I do... um, uh, you know, I do the unboxings. I love doing those unboxings. It's just um, really fun and surprising. And then you know, I do a bunch of other horror videos.
0: So yeah, check it out if you're interested. Very much so. Definitely go check out her YouTube channel. Links will be in the description. Also, I want to say welcome back. I hear Netflix and Chill has finally dropped again.
1: Yes, yes. Um, fi- I've been I've been like saying like, oh, we're gonna release an episode. I swear on every single episode we've done on here so far, but. For real this time, we just did episode, I believe it is 12, and we reviewed a pretty solid film, I must say, called Almost Evil, um, which is a 2017 release if you um, are someone interested in the newest movies, um, you're trying to watch all the 2017 horror films out there. It is a horror comedy, and we give a pretty solid review, so please, please check that out and let us know what you think. And that movie was on Shudder, right? Yes, I forgot to say
0: that it's on Shutter. It's a Shutter exclusive. So yes, so definitely check that out. Um, and of course, I do kill the cast. We just dropped a episode actually today, as of recording this, a new episode drop where we covered Lucio Fulci's 1979 classic movie zombie, nice, which is my style of zombie movies. Um, and we've got tons of stuff coming out in the future, and we uh, we're we're pretty stoked. We got our Christmas episode coming up. Where we do, we don't do Christmas horror movies. Sorry, guys. Still the <laughs> cast does Halloween sitcom episodes. Do you make that?
1: Do you make that like your traditional thing now? Because I just actually like I'm like behind on your show, and I just listened to your previous Christmas episode where you did that. Yes, Is that nice.
0: That that was our first year doing it, and it spawned the Married with Children podcast. So it turned. So I was like, let's do it again this year. We are doing. This isn't fully decided, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be an episode of Roseanne, uh, an episode of Home Improvement, and an episode of Family Matters. Cool, cool. So, we're hitting the spectrum. So, by all means, come check that out. Check out Horror Pack. Check out other shows on the Horophilia Network, like Kill the Cast and Netflix and Chill. And, without further ado, we're getting out of here, guys. Thank you all for for joining us. And, uh, Carly, say goodbye to these people. Goodbye, people. (laughs)